AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. The less your business spends, the more margin you keep. But today, everything costs more. So smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one proven platform, helping you reduce IT costs, maintenance costs, and manual errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com earnings right now. NetSuite.com earnings. This is the business of sports. Should Major League Baseball shorten up the season? How do we present football to the audience of the future? I don't think that most players understand the power that they have. Michael Barr. The future of IndyCar racing is looking bright. Scott Soshnank. Very basic math here. More bidders means more money. Evan Novi williams The team value has essentially quadrupled. And the leaders in the sports industry. Time to bring in our guest, Hal Steinbrenner. National Hockey League Commissioner Gary Bettman. Atlanta Braves President Derek Schiller. Patriots President. President Jonathan Kraft, Bloomberg Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio. Hello, I'm Scott Soshkin. I'm Evan Novi Williams. And I'm Michael Barr, and this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports, where we talk about the latest topics in the world of sports. Let's talk about the Rage Room in Philadelphia, where you can break stuff. I'm I, sorry, I was I? wondering what you were going to do if you were going to bring it. Like, I was like, is he going to do it? He did do it. Wreck it, Ralph. Yeah, well, if you, you have wouldn't not like Michael heard, Barr when he's angry. Yeah, no, I have never seen Michael Barr angry. I've seen him tired. I've seen him hungry, but you know, you're not the hangry. You've seen me tired and hungry. I have seen, but you don't get angry, right? Um, if you don't know what this is about, somebody went to one of the business ops folks, uh, you know, at the Wells Fargo Center and said, We should do a rage room. I guess they have those out and about in the community. In essence, you go break stuff, you pay money, you can bring like a hockey stick in. And you can break TVs, and there's just stuff in the room. And a lot of it is adorned with the uh, logo of the visiting team that night. And and you break it. I mean, that. I mean, I don't know what else is other than that. I mean, if you're really looking for differing revenue streams in sports, all right. But, Evan, you and I kind of blustered a little bit the price here. Yeah, I love the idea until I heard yeah, how much it costs. 35 bucks for one person, $60 for two. Like, if I need to break something... I'll go break something that's in my house that's less than 35 bucks and buy a new one. Yeah, you, you can go <laughs> put this, a mirror out in the yeah, backyard yeah, yeah, yeah. and smash it. There you go. But uh, this is uh, the only thing I think, Evan, you and I, we touched on, like, we you can sign up ahead of time, like for the time, 536, 630, little blocks of time here. But we thought maybe variable pricing, almost like, almost like surge pricing with Uber. Like, if your team, your hockey team, the Flyers, just – coughed up a three-goal lead and lost in overtime, 
You want to go to the rage room? That's going to cost you a little bit more. <laughs> wait, wait, really? That they're they're tacking on more? No, this is far. This, this is what Scott, I'm suggesting. Scott and I oh, were just suggesting man. this. That like you should be able to book the rage room for like flyers down by two, flyers down by three, and, and the price can change. The price can change. Variable pricing depending on the situation it's like on the ice. Betting man in uh, on online betting. Yeah, like, it's like yeah. when when um when Kawhi hit the shot in Philadelphia last. Was that in Philly or was it in Toronto? Mm, I don't know. Well, when he hit that shot, let's just say it was in Philly. When he hit that shot to eliminate the Sixers, can you imagine the line of people to go into the rage room? Now that would be good. Yeah, that's what the, I want to see some variable pricing on this thing. Yeah, I, so I think this is a, a a good idea. I would imagine if it is actually successful, that other other arenas will copy it. I can see some potential um, unintended consequences yeah, of this one. Well, you can't um, you can't take the stick into the uh, the concourse. You have to leave all the yeah, items. Yeah, and in I there. mean that the. Someone could easily get get hurt doing this. I'm sure there's a, a number of waivers that you sign beforehand. Glass is hard hat. Yeah, I think encouraging yeah. you know this kind of, of of anger even in a closed environment I might have some pitfalls. But kudos to the Flyers. It feels very on brand, by the way, for for Philadelphia to be yeah. the uh, to to be the team that is doing Broad this. Street Bullies. But, but kudos to the Flyers for for thinking outside the box. And I think we just we just Bobby need more Clark of this. and Reggie Leach. They're loving this. Yeah, sometimes the Philly fans they don't have to go to a rage room. Uh, sometimes yeah, it can the happen. Whole arena is the rage yeah. room. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I mean, they it, need, it, it they, is a good they idea. They need this at the link. The Eagles need this. They have a jail already. Now they need the rage room. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's move on to the NBA, and I'm not making light of this, but good grief, Charlie Brown. One tweet, and this has set off the firestorm heard around the world. And since the last time we talked about this uh, a couple of days ago, there have been more dramatic events that has taken place. Yeah, where we stand, Bar, as we discuss this now, is most of the Chinese sponsors have pulled out. All of the references to the game, the murals, the signs, all that seems to be going away, being taken down. All the media opportunities and even stuff for charity, they're not happening. Whether or not the game takes place, the two games, we don't know yet, and it's supposed to be the Brooklyn Nets and LeBron James and the Lakers playing. These are some big stars, and Joe Ty owns the Nets. So right now the games are on. The questions that I'm hearing from most people, will will there be a crowd? Will people be afraid to go? Will it be broadcast outside of China? We already know CCTV has said no inside China. Will it be broadcast? ESPN is supposed to show it. Sure. So these are unanswered questions. And even if you're the NBA and the participants, the answer has to be right now, I don't know. Because the government controls everything. And and beyond just the, these two preseason games that are still scheduled to be you know played at the end of the week in in in, in China, uh, the NBA is clearly worried in some capacity about its revenue streams in China. And I actually think it might be helpful for people if we just kind of break down when we say the NFL does billions of dollars a year in China, what we what what exactly that means. And you that mean starts the NBA. yeah the NBA right. that starts with two pretty huge broadcast deals, right? One of which is a digital deal with Tencent. It's a five-year deal. It's $1.5 billion total. Uh, And then a a TV deal with CCTV, which is the state-run TV network. Uh, I don't have the numbers on that one. I imagine it is also quite big. Those are the two big ones uh, for for the NBA. There's also obviously a lot of merchandise that gets sold in China. There are events in China, like these preseason games. There are other tournaments NBA and things China like that. NBA China is a de facto licensing business exactly. throughout the throughout the country. Yeah, so 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 there, there there's licensing opportunities as well. Um, and then out, there's also 
partners, right? There are a number of Chinese companies who sponsor the NBA league as a whole. And then outside of that entire ecosystem, there are individual team sponsors, right? And the Rockets had a lot of these. They (laughs) probably had the most of any team because of how popular the Rockets are in China. But if you were to go to a game at the Toyota Center last year, you would see Mandarin signage around that the Rockets had, you know, six to 10 Chinese companies that paid them sponsorship money. So so each team has sponsorship. And then also in this ecosystem are individual players, right? And, And Scott, you know this. There are individual players who are very popular in China. They go over there once or twice a year in the offseason. Curry, Harden, LeBron, yeah. um, even Durant. Uh, very often with their shoe companies, yes. right? Um, Kobe Bryant, you know, who is not playing anymore, obviously remains, I would imagine, one of the most popular NBA players Iverson in China. was beloved in China. Sure, That's yeah. Right. Um, so all of this, this entire ecosystem is a multi-billion dollar a year ecosystem, and that all of that is what the NBA, I think, right now feels might be potentially under threat. Well, that's the thing. You talk about the ecosystem. I'm going to give you three sides of this. James Harden, when this first broke, he came out and apologized. Hey, Immediately. We're sorry. We, yeah. we love the China. The problem James Harden's going to have, and I would say, therefore, by extension, Adidas, is that he's got the rockets on his chest. Right. And the anger, yes, it's the NBA, because Adam Silver said, well, we back Daryl Morey's free speech, and so the, the, uh, the government did not find that suitable. Get it. But this all started with, with Maury, and he's the Houston Rockets. Right. So right. he's uh, James Harden is wearing Rockets across his chest. He's right there in the crosshair. The, the second side of this, this is a three-sided triangle here, uh, Adam Silver. When he came out, the uh, NBA commissioner, and said, listen, uh, we don't, uh, you know, this is unfortunate what has happened, but we support as the league well, there was, freedom Mar, of speech. There was statement number one, mm, right. which yeah. was viewed as too deferential in the U.S. Right. And then there was statement number two clarifying, right. no, we backed Daryl Morey, which was unacceptable to the Chinese. So Adam Silver must be sitting here with palms up saying, "My I, both statements and neither side is happy. He's literally caught in the middle. I, I would say that that was a very intentional. By the my guess is that that was intentional by the NBA, right? To 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 give two two statements who are that are kind of similar but have subtle differences, neither of which make anybody happy. But I'm sure Adam knew from the get go. You know, he he doesn't want to. He's not going to back the Chinese government full throatedly. He's not going to back what Daryl Morey said full throatedly. He wants to be somewhere in the middle and and kind of giving two statements that you know lean a little bit each way. I think is the right the right way to do that. Well, someone who's now not in the middle is uh, the San Antonio Spurs coach, Greg Popovich. He was way behind uh, Adam Silver saying he's a progressive kind of leader for the NBA and supported Adam Silver. So you have well, he the three dynamics. He supported Adam supporting Daryl, which is free speech. Right. So easy for Greg Popovich. Seems like a no-brainer from, you know, uh, from where he stands. So here's a question that, that's been you know at the heart of this whole thing, right? Who, who do we think needs the other more? Does, does the NBA need... China and that market and those billions of dollars more? Or does China need the NBA, which is tremendously popular among its billions of people? Um, do they need the NBA more? Well, I think the NBA needs China. And they and they realized it real fast. There's a lot of money over there. Mm. Well, sure. And they've been working decades to extract that money. It doesn't just happen. You just don't show up in China and say, hey, we're here open for business. It's relationships. It's decades. And even now, you see, even with all that work, one tweet, and it doesn't make a darn bit of difference. Yeah, and that's a good point. That when we talk about the billions of dollars that the NBA does in China, the the potential in the future 
if you look ahead 15, 20 years, if things were continuing along the course that they were on, could be much, much bigger than that. Right? Do, we, do we tease Don Cornwell now, this week's guest, to Absolutely, sort of show yeah. he, right. Don, we do talk about China with Don and his take at this whole thing when it's all said and done? Just blip on the radar screen for the NBA. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple. 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything everybody including sitting presidents so join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before tell it like it is and even sing a song or two this is our podcast and we're going to do it our way listen to our way on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts finally let's talk about u.s olympics rule 40 go <laughs> yeah, the, the the for a long time the, there've been a rule about what companies are allowed to market during the Olympics. Oh, let's um, have some fun, Evan. Been... You just won the <laughs> the marathon at the Olympics. Yeah. You are allowed to do what? Uh so uh, under previous rules, I was only I'm not allowed to thank my sponsors unless my sponsors are either US Olympic partners. Yeah, they, yeah, they have to be an official Olympic partner. And that either means the top tier with the IOC, right, which is you know, Samsung, it's Coca-Cola, it's Visa, or Pricey. the next tier down with the U.S. OPC, the U.S. national, right, which is Nike and Polo, Ralph Lauren, and United Airlines, et cetera. Those things are tremendously pricey, right? Um, and a lot of these, you know, runners are a perfect example. A lot of runners are not sponsored by Nike. They're sponsored by another company. And for a long time, they were not allowed to thank Adidas at the podium. Adidas was not allowed to congratulate and, Evan and Novi Williams way, for were, winning gold. There was also a carve-out period even before the games. Exactly. Like, so yeah, it started, anything it started around leading Olympics, up to the games. And you could and you can't mention worth noting that you can't even like mention, let's say, Tokyo twenty what you can't yeah. use the marks or right. the the, uh, the words associated with the Olympics. So games. what's been lucid now is that I am allowed as an athlete now seven times, I believe is the total, but I'm allowed <laughs> I a certain amount of times to thank a sponsor of mine who is not an official IOC or USOC partner. Uh, the company that sponsors me is allowed to congratulate me if I do well on the games. They're allowed to congratulate me in marketing. Both those things are new, and I think those are those are nice developments. The other big thing, for, for a long time, you had to submit all of your marketing, opportunity, your, your marketing plans to the USOPC months before the games because they had to approve, approve everything. And one of the biggest frustrations for brands is that, you know, deciding in January what you want your marketing to look like 
for games that are in July is not easy. It's difficult, and it and it and it constrains you. It's a handcuff of some sort. That is now lifted. So so you can be a little bit more nimble. You can be a little more agile with your marketing now that you don't need to submit them all in January, six months ahead. You know of the what? Games. I mean, right off the bat, just one thing doesn't make sense. We have an athlete who has in the past won eight gold medals in a single Olympics. Yep. Right. Yep. So this Michael is Phelps. not this is not theoretical. This is Phelps in Beijing won eight gold medals, and yet we're allowed seven <laughs> thank yous. At least make it the number that's already so, been done. The so guy if, won eight. Make it eight. So if he's on track, he might have to, to skip one early yeah, on just yeah. in case he wins that eight. Or one. double up on a thank you with a with a dooski. <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't, I don't. Thank yeah. you, Speedo and uh, and Under Armour. Yeah, <laughs> that wouldn't that, NASCAR wouldn't survive in this. I like to thank the Jiffy Pop, Coca Cola, Nike, Chevrolet. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't gonna happen, man. Michael that was Ford, good. Michael Ford, that was good. <laughs> that was good. That's that's NASCAR living, man. I really enjoyed that. One, <laughs> One other thing on this that I, I am curious what, for a long time, obviously, the fact that, you know, the only people that could reference athletes during the games were, you know, these top tier partners made those sponsorships very expensive, right? There was an exclusivity built into that that made them very pricey. Uh, I am curious if this might start shifting some money more towards athletes and less towards the IOC and the USOPC if the fact that, like, that exclusivity no longer is, is fully exclusive. Right? Uh, I'm going to say no. They want those rings, baby. You want those Certainly rings. possible, yeah. yeah. This has been the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast. We are here every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday for you at the same time talking about some of the biggest topics in sports. By the way, you can follow me on Twitter at Big Bar Sports. You can follow me at Sashnik. You can follow me at Novi underscore Williams. And join us at the end of the week. Scott already said it. We're talking with Don Cornwell, partner over at PJT. He's big in deals for team acquisitions, entertainment deals, gambling deals. We had a good conversation. You have been listening to the Bloomberg Business of Sports, and you can get our show wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.